to death, the more alive you feel. You're James, aren't you? Yes. Who's that? It's Nicky Lauda. He's just been signed by Ferrari. He's a nobody. Look at the way he's driving like an old man. Right now, with zero incentive, why would I drive fast? Because I'm asking you to. Incredible battle between these two great drivers. Next time I'll have you. No chance. You're just a party guy. That's why everybody likes you. Yes, I know. I'm terrible. No, you're not terrible. You're just who you are at this point in your life. To be a champion, it takes more than just being quick. You have to really believe it. I've been waiting for this my whole life. I can beat this guy, trust me. He's consistent, dependable. Will he put his life on the line the day that really matters? Welcome to the racing grudge match of the decade. World champion Nicky Lauda, trapped in a searing inferno of 800 plus degrees. Talk to me, James. Don't go to men who are willing to kill themselves, driving in circles looking for normality. And what did your wife say when she saw your face? She said, you don't need a face to drive, you just need the right foot. I feel responsible for what happened. Watching you win those races while I was fighting for my life, you were equally responsible for getting me back in the car. Yeah. 42 days after his near-fatal accident, Nicky Lauda will race here today. fear of death is the will to win. Wow, what a trailer for Rush. I love, this movie is great. Anyways, welcome to Matinee Baseball brought to you by the Tailgate Society. I'm your host, Ted Flint. Everything here at the Tailgate Society is brought to you by Money Bites. The best part of the Sunday cone, they have three flavors, white chocolate, dark chocolate, milk chocolate. You need to go check them out at moneybites.com. They are the Menards near me. They are all around. I believe they're coming to Walmart soon. Go find yourself some Money Bites. They are the perfect tailgate snack. They are the best thing to eat like right before you go into a game. Give you a little like sugar hit. Moneybites.com. Best part of Sunday cone. Just a tip. Anyways. <laughs> Feel free to subscribe to those on iHeart, Spotify, and Stitcher. I do apologize. We did do a podcast earlier tonight in which we had plenty of Cody Rhodes for Cyclone Fanatic. TheTailgateSide.com has amazing content. Speaking of that, you need to check us out because we have the F1 weekly written articles by Jake Voss and Nicole Gusterson. This is why they're on the show tonight to discuss Rush. Because if anyone here wants to discuss an F1 racing movie, it's these two. So check us out on that website, that's okay, said.com. I am my host, Ted Flint, Jake Voss, Sean Chanson, Tess Friends, joins is our guest, or is our co-host, and Nicole Gustafson is our guest. So <laughs> I might have the biggest bump immediately between those podcasts, which may not have been a good idea. So all right, so Rush came out in 2013, it's directed by Ron Howard, better known as a guy who tried to direct in solo, and you know, a couple other movies like you know, Apollo 13. What else did Ron Howard direct? There's another one out there. Splash. Did he direct Splash? Everyone's just staring at me. Great. Anyway, Ron Howard, Opie from Andrew Griffith's show, which 
none of these kids remember because maybe their maybe their parents do. Um, directed rush. I'm gonna pass it to Jake now because I am just stumbling over my words. <laughs> Jake, help me out, brother. This is what happens. This is what happens when we do two pods in a row. Uh, yeah. So rush, rush is a movie about the '70s uh, rivalry of two pretty opposite uh, drivers. Uh, they both kind of came up similarly uh, as a lot of people do through F F uh, Formula Three, Formula Two. Uh, they kind of went different ways. Uh, Nikki Lauda and James Hunt. They're Nikki Lauda is the very calculated uh, driver, always about the percentages, not taking risks. And James Hunt is the complete opposite of that. He is a brash uh, British driver um, who is was known as a party animal. Um, and so these two clashed. Uh, and in the seventy six season um had a an, an epic battle for the championship which james hunt uh went on to win by one point in the final race yeah so this movie's really interesting it's like i knew i think i knew there's an accident i went to the, i didn't even watch a trailer for this movie because I, I i had heard that it was like a really good movie so i went to a blind i knew uh i knew thor was in it that's about it for some reason i thought Bucky was the other guy. Mm. And I can't think of his name right now. The actor who plays Bucky. But uh Sebastian Stan. Thank you. Thank you. Nicole's on. Nicole's here to help me out. So <laughs> and instead we got the guy who plays uh a bad guy in Civil War, who's in forgetting I'm 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 blanking on. But yeah, like it it was really good, but also like it caught me off guard. Like I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let, like let Jake and Nicole talk about it. Like Sean, did you like know about this movie before you watched it? Like, did you watch the trailer, or no? So I went in just like completely blind. I didn't even, uh, I didn't look it up on IMDb or anything. Uh, kind of like when we were talking before, I did kind of the same thing Nicole did, where I went to just kind of look at it online and saw it was on netflix i'm like okay i guess i'll just dive in and opened it up and went after it and it was yeah so i didn't know what to expect or what i was getting into or i just knew that it was you know a racing movie so and it's perfectly fine it's a good movie i enjoyed it but, i have a question yeah. I've, i'm curious about this because i i didn't i've seen this movie this may have been the fifth time something like that since it came out uh it's two hours long did it feel two hours long no not so yeah i no. watched it like i play softball on sunday nights and i came home and watched it after we got done so i started at like 10 o'clock at night and i honestly expected to pause it and like finish it the next day but i cruised through the whole thing and was like oh shit it's over okay it was it was good yeah it <laughs> <laughs> it, it runs really smoothly uh it doesn't do, you know even for a racing movie uh it doesn't have like a ton of like super high adrenaline moments and then just like brings you down from them it just it works it in really well and just develops the story and what's going on just consistently the whole time 
I tell you who does not like this movie is Tez's roommates. <laughs> trying, to, trying to sabotage her. Sabotage so, like, this movie surprised me because, like, A, the nudity surprised me. Like, straight up, I'm like, oh, so we're just going to have, we're going to have sex in this movie immediately. And that got, because, like, you know, Ron Howard, like, he says he did Apollo 13. He does so many good moves it's annoying me that I cannot figure out what else he's directed and like it just it caught me off guard because he's kind of like a wholesome director to an extent like so like that that got me off guard and like angels and demons da vinci code cinderella man a beautiful mind yeah i see 13 backdraft okay there's, there's new dm factor he did backdraft all right anyways Oh, the cocoon thing that's a walter brimley thing anyway so like that caught me off guard and also like this part and like this is why like i was talking about jake and you all in like a side chat like spoiler alert when nikki lauda gets burnt up like that 15 minute part after that was so graphic i wanted to shut the movie off yeah, yeah that's it's pretty hard. brutal <laughs> It was pretty unexpectedly gory in my opinion because there was also another scene where they showed um another driver who just been in an accident and they, they were like taking his his well he was alive still but they were taking him away to the ambulance and they showed like his busted up leg like just full bone <laughs> yeah for some reason they needed to show the compound fractured <laughs> yeah. shin of that the driver yeah i find it interesting um and i don't know what it is about I, obviously some of those scenes the the other driver leg thing i don't i wouldn't put under this but the scene of him in the hospital recovering and he has to get his lungs Oof. like vacuumed out for them yeah. to heal uh, and but i think and then they part, did it twice they're like yeah. put it back in put it well, back in that, was, that wasn't just a and at least from what i understand that wasn't just like a one-time thing they did that probably every couple days for I'm gonna a while. vacuum my lungs out just put a gun in my head and shoot me. <laughs> But the but the part of that part of that scene in it being so like ridiculous and painful and graphic, they're like conveying to you how bad that is. And then the whole time, part of that is he's watching James Hunt, uh, like knock points off of his lead because he had can't. this big lead when he had the accident, and James Hunt's just winning these races and catching up. That you know, making this lead disappear that he normally wouldn't be able to. And so it's his like this motivation of him like watching this, and that's what's getting getting him through this awful, excruciating pain. If you're gonna vacuum my lungs out, can you like at least put me under so I'm like not watching a F1 race <laughs> on the side? I wrote that down when I, I took notes while I was watching the movie, and I was like, "Is this what healthcare was like? Was like, is this not the 1800s or something? Like, my parents were alive." I mean, we've we've got we've got NFL team doctors stabbing guys in in the lungs, trying to give them injections. Yeah. But you know, in the 70s, we could just stick metal tubes down into people's lungs and vacuum them out just fine. I guess I don't know. I appreciate you saying your parents, Nicole, and not saying I was alive. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, do you think they're like, all right, Nikki, this is going to hurt like a bitch. What do you want to watch on TV? What's Will TV in here? <laughs> you want to watch Three's Company? You want to watch? want to watch? You want to watch <laughs> Stanford and Sons? Like, what do you want to put on that TV? Give me the race. <laughs> like, so. So the 
speaking of this, and we're going to backtrack. So you guys watch F1. I wish I could get an F1. Like, I know Netflix, that Netflix series is, like, really healthy. I won't get into it. People don't die in that sport at this rate anymore, right? And they're, like, they're saying, like, 2 out of 25 or some shit, right? No, uh, not like they used to. Uh, I mean, for one, so the track uh, that they were at and they they talked about how dangerous it was and that Nikki crashed at and stuff like that is a, I don't know if you caught it, but that is a 14 mile track in Germany. It's now toll roads that you can like pay to go drive on. Well, the yeah, fast like the lap times are like for like sports cars now, like the top lap times are like seven minutes. That's how long it takes to drive one lap of that that track and it was probably longer for those those cars so that being said like that track like the conditions they were racing in then between the cars and the tracks and the stuff like the safety wasn't there so they would have multiple drivers like a season die now you have like the top priority of you know designing the cars and the tracks like tracks have to have certain safety aspects and and that stuff like i don't know the last f1 driver to get really hurt no, uh, I mean, let alone I die around the time this movie came out i think it was the last time they had a driver in one of the top series die um or maybe it was a little after that the guy who was in what, what like formula two who's french and they, they talk about him in drive to survive because some of the current F1 oh yeah drivers were friends with him um and yeah he got in in an accident and died but um they they have like <laughs> I don't know a ton about the history of Formula One because I'm relatively new to it. So all the real F1 heads who are listening to this podcast are probably going to be rolling their eyes. But um, I guess like they have this this safety piece on the cars now called the halo that you know sort of like goes around the driver's head um, so that when you get in an accident like that, there's something between whatever is hitting you, the guardrail, the ground, another car, whatever, and your helmet. Um, and it saved a bunch of lives. Um, so, but there are some people who are like old F1 fans who still think there was some sort of like valor in having people dying in this sport. Which is, yeah. So and this is, and Jake can maybe answer this and like, pardon my ignorance, but like, did Earnhardt dying make it more safe? And I understand F1 and NASCAR are different things. Like, so him dying, like, did that like have a ripple effect? into f1 about like the they had like now like nascars those, those bouncy walls or whatever they are you know yeah so yeah the yeah all right so they're two separate things but it's interesting because you can semi similar semi parallel them so the last driver to die which nicole you were right was uh jules bianchi bianchi uh in 2014 um got hurt and then later died uh from his injuries before then, I think is what I'm reading is um, Ayrton Senna, which a lot of people, open wheel fans know, I think was the last one before then. But that was 94, I think is what it says. So that Ayrton Senna was a legend. And so I think that probably co- it doesn't coincide with time, but it parallels to what how it happened in NASCAR is I'm guessing that's when they got really serious about, okay, or even more serious about like car safety and track safety and that kind of thing, because that's what happened in NASCAR. Uh, The biggest name in your sport, one of the most popular, you know, top two legendary drivers in the sport gets killed still wearing an open, open face helmet. Like that, that's, you know, 20 years ago, that was still a thing. 
and so that yeah that spurred nascar to go on this big safety journey and it's gotten so much better since then uh but yeah i think you can parallel that like not the senior dying didn't do it for f1 but you can parallel that uh with um forms of racing having those tragedies happen and it's spurring this big safety movement so how weird is it as you two like because you guys watch the weekly f1 races seeing like the initial when Nicky Lauder goes to Ferrari, the car is huge. It's like a huge like exhaust thing behind his back, like a like yeah. a stork snork, whatever that eighties cartoon was. Snorks, what were they called? Is there any idea like the like the snorks? Anyways, is, um, is it, are you thinking of something from Horton? Here's a who? Am I? No, no, the eighties cartoon. They're like they're like they're like Smurfs, but underwater. They're like. They had like a like a parachute out of their head. Anyways, so like, was that weird? I've never seen that in my life. Okay, I'm gonna pull a photo up here. I, no, I I googled it. I've no, I didn't know. Was well, right? Were, but yeah, it's Snorks. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're right, but I I that is I've never seen that before. Screen share that shit. Anyways, but uh, that sounded like some Doctor Seuss shit. I was like, oh, I probably heard of it. <laughs> anyways, so like, was it weird seeing like the car look like that? Because you guys watch like the small cars now, like they had a huge exhaust thing. Like it caught me off guard. Yeah, I I, I wrote down that I thought they there they are the snorks. Snorks. I put down that I thought they looked like go karts. You have Um, so many tabs open. There's a huge technology difference between the cars then and the cars now. Um, So yeah, just reminded me of a go kart. (laughs) Yeah, there is a really interesting thing. Uh, Nicole and I I'm guessing you've probably read about it and F1 is actually trying to downsize the cars again because they have gotten so massive compared to even like the 90s cars they're like a foot wider and two feet longer or something like 500 pounds heavier or something ridiculous um they're so long when you see them from above like when they do the intro or whatever and they show a car pulling into the pit lane like these things are hugely long yeah, the look the looks of cars are really interesting. Um, I had a one of the things I noted down, and I'm sure they showed it enough. I'm sure you noticed, but the six wheeled car, the one with the four wheels up front, mm-hmm. in this movie, yeah, I saw that and I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, so so that's a thing that um, it's one of the uh, I follow a YouTube channel and they did a video on like the top ten most unique like designs that people have ever made for F1 cars. And at the time, there was nothing in the sport that said you had to have four wheels. Uh, they didn't regulate like your wheel size or whatever. You, ha- I mean, obviously, you would have to get them made and you would have to get tires for them. But Tyrell uh, is the company. They made a, this. It was Project Thirty Four. It was a car with six wheels um, that ran for a full season. Well, it ran for I think two full seasons. But in '77, the next season, like they made some new rules and. Uh, made them change the design enough it didn't work plus like they were the only one using small little wheels and tires on the front like that so they like i don't know if it was a quality thing or cost thing or whatever but anyway they that car ran basically for a year and a half like that with uh did you notice the six-wheeled car tez i I did not that was you (laughs) you saying that was the first i had noticed uh that's interesting i Maybe that maybe that's that more a of a me and... thing, just because I'm like a design type of person. But well, I feel like you pay attention more than us two combined. So 
there was one shot it might have been in the pits or something but the, it was like one of the main cars was near that car and that's when i saw it and i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah there's a lot of fun if you ever if you ever get bored and for some reason are thinking or like nicole since you act, actively watch and stuff googling like the fun designs that teams have made of f1 cars over the over, i mean it's basically ever since it existed but there's a team that like had a of third like wing on the front like out in front of the driver like an elevated wing it was yeah there's a lot of really goofy things that teams have tried but that was okay. one of them, and it just so happened to be included in this because it was that season that it, it ran, and I think it actually won a race or two at some point. So it's it's time for me to ups, upset Jake about his favorite movie. So I have a hard – the biggest problem I have in this movie is I'm not saying uh, Hunt's character is like a, a, a sympathetic character, but, like, they try, like, so hard to make Louder's character, like, the protagonist of this movie and at the end he's like doing the the voiceover where you know james hunt quits and such but that man's an asshole like just straight up not likable in any ass he tells his wife that happiness is weakness can you imagine your spouse telling you that and be like <laughs> this is who i want to be with <laughs> sorry i understand that the point was to make him an asshole but it's interesting that you thought that they were making him the protagonist, though, because I actually thought it was a really interesting balance between, like, not having one. You know, usually in most sports movies, you have a good guy and a bad guy, but I felt like both of these guys were clearly presented as, like, flawed, but you kind of wanted them to do the right thing. Maybe protagonist is the wrong word, but, like, him giving, like, him giving, like, the last word in the movie, you yeah, know, uh, what? Because the other guy was dead. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because you can say that, like, maybe they, I don't, I think they bounced both of them around a lot. Like, you would have Nicky Lauda, like, showing his ass, basically. And then he, you would have something else happen. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's like a good guy. He's just, like, for some reason, hyper focused and super calculated. And so it makes him just, like, kind of cold. And then you have, like, the James Hunt character where, like, he, yeah, he just likes to have fun. And then, he does the thing where he loses he loses his ride at one point because the rich guy that was financing everything thought he could pay for Formula <laughs> One. And he's like, no, I miscalculated. And then James Hunt like turns into a, a drunk asshole and basically push, pushes his, his then wife out of his life. And so you have both these characters like throughout the movie just kind of bouncing around and you don't even like have them start on opposite ends and come together. It's just they kind of bounce around. And then at the end, they like kind of bring him to the same place. If you're keeping track, this is where Jake's calling me a drunk asshole by relating to James Hunt. <laughs> no. Sean's going back. I can see him I laughing. Is, I don't <laughs> think that's the case, but it's... Uh, so no, just, it's... I agree just with teasing you. Jake. I agree with you, Jake, Is because I even had sort of a note. It was about halfway through where I was just like, is one of these guys supposed to be the bad guy? Because I don't, I'm not seeing it. Cause it is, you get a lot of the back and forth of just like, Oh, okay. But it is. Yeah. It's just, it's two guys doing the same sport with different styles and goals and lifestyles as well. And um, they just happen to, you know, have the early race in, was it formula three to start the movie? And so they kind of have that natural, rivalry that they've built between each other and then 
um yeah at the end i don't think you you don't get a resolution of a good guy bad guy you know beat the villain kind of story um it's just that two guys live their lives in very different fashions but had some of the same accomplishments but i think in maybe enjoyed their life to the fullest Freud would have a field day of me relating to the drunk reckless asshole and not relating to the uh the dude who just takes everything very seriously and <laughs> calculated maybe a cigar is just a cigar anyways <laughs> i will say i wrote down that this movie kind of made me think about like I put hyper competitiveness a disease it is a disease because that's one thing they both had in common. Like they went about it in different ways, but like they took risks. They were completely consumed by this desire to be each other, to be at the top. And like, it was, I think specifically that, that scene when, when Nikki Lauda was recovering from his injuries and he was doing all this absolutely absurd shit to try to come back and, and drive again. And I was like, why would you do this? This is absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. So for the, like, for the record off of that, I I think you have to, you have to state when you're talking about him doing all that stuff in the hospital and then coming back and racing, we're not talking six months or whatever. It was 42 days. Yeah. Six weeks. Six weeks that he (laughs) basically. For a minute. He was, yeah, yeah, a minute. I, I didn't remember that it was a minute, but they say that, like, in the, the commentators or whatever say that. And, yeah, it was six weeks after that, and he's, like, bandaged up head, putting his helmet on, and goes and races a car. That part where he's trying to put the helmet back on, and, like, his face is all burnt to shit. <sighs> like, just the cringe factor is hard. No one hurts to watch. You know, and also, can we talk about how James Hunt flat out like he Fledger Joker's a dude of a cassette player in this movie? Yes. <laughs> See, but that's like, one of the moments where, like, okay, so he's not a complete asshole, and like, obviously, that that's them like showing that he started. Ask the reporter like, if he thinks he's a complete asshole. He lost like five teeth, well, probably. Yeah, that was kind of the point. I mean, it's not obviously not the right thing to do, but that was a part of the point where, or part of the uh, part of the movie where it's like, oh, okay, he has this respect that's underlying and obviously started, obviously starting the show for Nikki. Like, it's not just I want to beat that guy and I think he's ugly or whatever. It's there. You know how I got these scars? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So back to the competitive part, and before I uh, I get uh, too many critters, I mean I get forgetful. So I looked at the Wikipedia about this shit. So James uh, Hunt, he he retires three years after winning a championship, which is the dream. You win the ship, you're done. Take your money, take your playboyish or whatever. So he was a F1 uh, uh, announcer. Yeah. Yes. So I was reading this article about this. I got an article from this. And that day, they had them share a mic. And the guy that he broadcasts with, he hated or did not get along with. 
So like more than once, there's like on tape of him gripping the microphone and like ripping it away from this guy's <laughs> hand to like talk. So like they shared him. Can you imagine like uh any anything? Like my brain's my Gus Johnson and whoever sharing a microphone for like a big like, coach. They did uh they did a rod and Jeter like. You imagine if those guys were like next to each other, yeah. having to share a microphone. <laughs> you know, so that part, that part made me made a crack of me. And uh, also, when I was doing research for this podcast, apparently, according to James Hunt, he had sex with five thousand women. So that's a bullshit number. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I want to bring up my, my favorite line in the whole movie was when um, Nikki Lauda was talking to his teammate about this date he had with the girl who worked at their um, at their team or whatever, and his teammate was telling him that the girl had this ex boyfriend, and they said everybody called the ex an immortal fuck, and <laughs> the guy turned out to be James Hunt. And I was just, that was one of those things. <laughs> what a thing to say, man. I'm, I'm going to keep that in the back of my brain at some point. <laughs> just like an amazing inadvertent cut. And like, I'm, I'm, he, he says like he's doing the guy a favor. I'm looking out for you, brother. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to help you. You don't want to follow this dude. <laughs> you don't want to follow Paul Bunyan to a goddamn forest. Like, you're going to look shitty, you know, like you're no Pecos Bill. But like and like and like just the fact he's like doing him a favor is just ridiculous. You know? like, it cracked me up too. So but anyways. This movie is very good. Uh I feel like we're not really discussing it. All right, I want to discuss the last race in Japan. That that whole sequence. How it's filmed is amazing. Like, can you imagine racing? Like, do they still race in rain like that? Like, is that still a thing? They race in rain, but they will stop if it's too ridiculous or like not start. And this is gonna show my age, and I am sorry, but back when I was younger and I used to watch NASCAR, they would have cameras on bumpers, and they would like be able to like pull like the tape off or something, you know, so like when it got grimy. How the fuck do they see? Like, seriously, how the fuck yeah. do they see in rain going 200 yeah, I mean, miles that, per hour? That's part of the challenge. And so, like, before the start of that, well, yeah, there's tear-offs and, and stuff. Uh, but that was part of the... Um, so when, before the race starts, the crew member for James Hunt comes out with, like, a hand drill like a a whatever literally manual hand drill and drills holes in it in his uh visor and he's like what are you doing he's like well this will uh let the condensation out like your your visor won't fog up and he's like yeah let's but it'll let the water in and he's like yeah that's why you just get out in front like because that (laughs) was i mean back to bite him i was like (laughs) oh no this is foreshadowing (laughs) but yeah like in in those conditions i mean and even f1 now it's not and nascar now nascar does some some rain racing on road courses and stuff but if you get once you get like a couple cars back in a rain race like that you just you basically can't see like that's why all the cars now have like flashing red lights on the back of them and stuff uh in the rain is so that they if you're within 10 yards of the car you can see it because otherwise you wouldn't be able to okay 
But that sequence was amazing. Like, and does does F F one actively run Teros? Like when he was Nicole, they don't run. Do they run Teros on their helmets? On their they do. Yeah. Oh, um, do they? The okay. reason I know this is because um, sometimes those tear offs when they just like chuck them out the car basically, and they can get sucked up into the other cars like brake ducts or their you know mechanical gear and stuff so my favorite f1 driver charles leclerc had to make an unexpected pit in one of the races this year because max verstappen's tear off got caught in his brakes and he was overheating so that's right i for that's because when i was when i was trying to think about that i was like I don't, I don't know if i remember like seeing him come flying off and stuff but yeah you're right that is a that is a thing max leclerc sounds like a real james hunt um well, he's Dutch. I mean, <laughs> so, all right. So, much like Money Bites is the best part of the uh, Sunday comb, we need to talk about our favorite part of the movie, our best part of the movie. So, let's start with our guest, Nicole. Nicole, what's your favorite part of this movie? Um, Putting you on the spot. Yeah, I was prepared for this. My bad. <laughs> I'm a bad host. I don't do I don't do outlines. <laughs> well, I didn't really outline. I just wrote down all my thoughts, like stream of consciousness style, while I was watching the movie. Um, gosh, I don't know. It's it's hard to to pick just one thing because I think the whole movie was just kind of like a very slow build um the end was exciting but i don't know if it was like my favorite i would say i kind of liked the the beginning middle part where they were like giving the backstory for each guy they were like meeting their wives and whatnot and like getting into formula one getting with their teams and i just thought that part of the movie was very funny there was a lot of um showing like the culture of F1 back then. And I thought that was very interesting to contrast to today when it's like, it's a luxury sport. It was very expensive back then, but like shit wasn't being sponsored by Rolex or whatever. And they weren't having races in Abu Dhabi. So, you know, I just, I thought that the, the rising action portion of the movie was very interesting. I do wish this is a nitpick that their car colors weren't both red, Yeah, <laughs> but you know, but you know, if there really were, you know, by Marlboro and where the other one was Ferrari. Okay, that one's just Ferrari. It's McLaren and Ferrari, but yeah. No, but what were their sponsors? Because well, Hunter... Ferrari's always just been Ferrari, like their main. Oh, and you know, when you have fuck you money like Ferrari, you don't need a sponsor. So pretty much, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so Jake, what is your what was your I want to let at least Tez go because I've got like a handful of things I kind of want to throw out that I like favorite parts and they're kind of like different aspects of the movie. So, um, I guess mine is mostly towards the end. I think just kind of as for like a short little moment when, uh, when James Hunt finishes that final race. Uh, and it still shows like on the on the track scoreboard that he's fifth or whatever, and so you know he's pulling in and apologizing like, "Hey, I thought I had it. You know, I'm sorry." Um, and you know is 
crew comes over and they're going nuts and they're like no you did do it like you got third um it's a good little you know switch of the emotions roller coaster thing Uh, and it's really quick there's not a lot to it but um i think that part just to see his disappointment and then be able to just switch it back is was pretty cool it actually brings up a really interesting thing that um like nowadays in any motorsports you have just like transponders and everything's electronic and and you can just go back to like certain data points and figure out where people were were for cautions or whatever 30 40 years ago especially in a rain race like it wouldn't surprise me if they did mess up like a person's position at some point like i mean i guess you have like spotters and people around the track but uh, it'd be it'd be pretty difficult in a, a rain race like that if you get two similar colored vehicles or something to like switch them around. But yeah, was, I mean, I thought I don't think that was actually a part of what happened, but yeah. I could definitely see that happening uh, in a race like that. I thought of something kind of similar when um, Nicky Lotto was trying to prove to the team he wanted to hire him that he could make their car faster, and so they were like timing him driving around the track, and I was like. Can you imagine hand timing yeah. like that where the differences are tenths of a second? <laughs> that's crazy. Back then, that's what it was. You didn't have the, yeah, the hundreds and thousands and stuff that actually matter, you know, in like F1 today. But I guess, yeah, that is interesting because what one of the first races, they do say that uh, James Hunt won the pole by like two hundredths of a second and it just on a hand timer <laughs> on a, probably not super accurate some form of timing anyway did the guy have a bunch of caffeine before or? <laughs> maybe too many vegas bombs so what i love about this movie like and like this is like my favorite part of the movie and it's like it's a very like subtle part it's when uh when nikki meets his future wife and like they're driving through the italian countryside and they pick those two dudes up and she's like oh i'll get a ride and they're like you're nikki louder you know like mm. That scene where he's like he's just driving the car and they're like they're like just high fiving in the background. As a friend who has a sober friend who's like an amazing fun driver, when you're like just having fun, that shit like is like brought flashbacks where you're just in the backseat and you trust this guy, and like he's just screwing up all the drunk people that he's riding in the car. That's what it is. It's a sober you Uber driver basically just screwing around and getting like high fives and that part like and that's a terrible analogy but that was the most pure part of the movie to me so this is in 74 73 or 75 like there's no cell phones there's no these dudes yeah. for the next decade are gonna be at a bar when there's an f1 race I mean, like i was in the back seat yeah uh-huh, that sure man you were yeah <laughs> you know like he drove our car you know, yeah, it drove the piss out of my car. <laughs> <laughs> that part, like this, that part, like definitely, like perked me up. And I apologize for the stupid, terrible. No, that's a, that's a really fun. That is a really fun part that isn't quite throwaway because it is like the whole like first interaction with his his future wife. But yeah, you have the two dudes just like going crazy because she's like, why, why, why are they? What's going on here? He's like, they're like, he's an F1 driver just signed with Ferrari. Um, yeah, so my I have kind of three things that I would point out as like kind of favorites. Uh the first one is when uh and Nicole, you you like kind of brought it up, but the fact that he went to like an existing team 
um, when he bought his way into the F1 team and was like, yeah, you're doing all this wrong. You need to do like this, this, like, no, it needs to make like 30 more horsepower and it needs to be like a hundred pounds lighter. Like are you're not using magnesium. And then, yeah, he, he puts the guy, like he puts the car out there and lets their number, their number one driver, uh, make a lap in, in his car and goes like two seconds faster or whatever. And I really, in, I don't know why I enjoy that. I just thought it, like, I guess it kind of, uh, accentuates the, the things that you, that they do when you're engineering those cars that make a difference, uh, to go along with that. It's, a, it's also kind of technical, but not really, they do some really fun like internal or on the car camera shots or maybe CGI shots. Like there's some shots like in the rain and stuff where they have like camera mounted or wing mounted cameras. Um, they do kind of a lot of those shots, like what Ted was talking about, the back of the cars are pretty open. Like the exhaust and engine and stuff is right there. They'll show like suspension components and stuff. And then my favorite is a couple of times they show like, inside the cylinder where the valves are like moving up and down. And then I think they have a shot or two where like the spark plug is actually sparking and igniting fuel and whatever. And I, those are like just kind of throw in things, but I, those are really cool. Like you don't get those a lot um, in movies. So I really enjoyed those. And then probably my favorite um, like actual kind of movie storyline part is before they start the last race, they both like look at each other and have the mutual acknowledgement. Like, all right, respect, let's go, let's do it, good luck type of thing. Even though he blames him. What do you mean? Like, yeah. James Hunt's like, I'm sorry I shouldn't do that shit, and Nikki's like, yeah, it's your fault I crashed. Well, that, was says, that was Nürburgring. I'm talking about before the last race. No, but he says that before the last race. Like, James goes and says, I'm sorry. Himself, but... But um, Nikki Lauda was saying you were also what motivated me to get back in the car. So like he wasn't really, at least I I didn't take it as him blaming him. He was saying like I couldn't have done this without you. I mean he was really he, that was his very like logical steps through. Like yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have been in that race and I wouldn't have crashed if it wasn't for you. But also if it wasn't yeah if it wasn't for you I wouldn't I also wouldn't be here. So lots of. No offense, but in that comment, really just... a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, so back to the piston thing that you were talking about, Jake. I swear to God, and you seem like five times. I swear to God, there's one of those they had like three or four of those piston moments, which are amazing. And call me out because I was, I was kind of tired. I was just, one of those happened after an implied sex scene, right? And it was really weird. Right? Do you remember that? Like, is either no? It happened. Don't look at me like I'm an idiot. I, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not calling you an idiot or saying. Can anyone here help me out? Like, it was. It, I don't know if it was. You think they went like from a sex scene into a like transition into another the, scene the with like the the, 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 the valves like moving up and down yes, inside yes, the cylinder? I do. I know. This <laughs> I happened, mean, but I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Nikki and his wife, or if it was James and his. Wife, excellent. Showed Nikki and his wife getting on, did they? No, I they think did it... after they got married. They were like at the, they were in Ibiza. That wasn't really, that wasn't a sex scene, but it might have been James and the stewardess on the plane. Drupal. And oh, then he it... was like looking at himself in the mirror as he was throwing it down. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> little, little Patrick Bateman. <laughs> so, also, I had something I was going to say, and I lost my train of thought. Oh, no, we've been here about an hour, right? Hour, hour or so. Have we have we lost all the good listeners? <laughs> Jake, Jake's in charge. Probably about forty five minutes. Can we go off the rail? You're, you're we... probably fine to go full fully off the rails. Okay. So Olivia Wilde's this movie. <laughs> yep. Raise your hand, and no one you raise your hand. If like once she showed up, you're like, all you could think about was like the Darlene movie she came out with. Don't worry, Darlene, and like all the chaos behind that. No, no one. Just never me? seen that. It's not out yet. It just came out like a week ago. Oh, that. Okay. No, she directed. I, I, I know the story, but like, what was your question? I didn't catch. Like that. then, like this, she derail it for you. Like just being like in your head, you're like. Oh, were you like? Was I taken out of it because it yeah. was Olivia Wilde? Yes. A little bit. Right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you my brain didn't do that. But anymore because her her movie or her career at this point has kind of like become the story of who she is. I also I, I it's interesting to me that like I forgot Natalie Dormer was in this and she's literally just in the beginning as the nurse. I was like, oh yeah, she's in this, and then she's only in it for like two minutes. Well, uh, whatever she's in, she, I guess she's in that first rate. So she's, she's one of the, but she's one of the three MCU characters in this. She's in Captain America, the first movie. Really? She's the one that uh, Steve Rogers kisses that pisses off Peggy. Huh. The it's been a minute you know. since it's been a minute since I've seen that, that first movie. <laughs> also in Game of Thrones. She, I know her from Game of Thrones, so. We won't spoil that part of that. Hmm. She's also in the Hunger Games. Similar fates in both series. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Happy in these were all all of her characters. (laughs) Well, maybe this time. She's. I mean, maybe she got a kick out of it, and like she can brag about how she had sex with James James Hunt before he was famous. Like, how do they not not flash back to whoever stabbed him? That annoyed me more than anything. Like, I thought for sure, like, it was like, that was like, they were so, like, I thought for sure he had sex with uh, Nikki's wife. And that's how it's going. I kept waiting for, like, the cycle back. So, I don't pay enough attention to anything. So. And he had sex after being stabbed, re- like, like multiple times. And maybe I'm just not tough enough. That I feel like, I w- like he hadn't even gotten stitched up yet. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> they were just like, so. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, it'll be fine. Just don't yeah, worry. It's, it's dedication. Screw <laughs> <laughs> sure some dirt in it, I guess. So. <laughs> I guess I'm like. Movie's very good. I don't know if I'll ever rewatch it, which is just because like that whole like twenty minute part where like Nikki's like going through this shit was tough. Like just, yeah. Trust me, it's that that part doesn't get any better if you've watched it multiple times. I'll tell you that. I will tell you something that that disappointed me. 
is I pulled up the Wikipedia on this movie. Jake, have you looked at the Wikipedia on this movie? No. So James and Nikki were friends. They literally share an apartment together for a year and a half. I shit you not. <laughs> and like most of them being angry at each other was made for the movie. Hmm. They shared a flat. <laughs> I mean, I guess that doesn't su- surprise me so much, but. But yeah. I feel like you could have made the movie around that and have them make a falling out living together. Right? Like, why admit that whole part? I'm not trash the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I'm not, this is not me tearing down the movie. That's a good point, though, because, like, it's kind of billed like a true story, but it is a fictionalized version of a true story. So that's. Maybe. Yeah, that's why that's why when it comes yeah, when it when it comes to some of these movies, I'm scared to actually go start reading about what really happened because like that's a pretty big deal like to yeah, damn near make up the like rivalry. the angry part of the rivalry. Like you can have a rivalry like competitive rival, rivalry and be friends. Like that's that's a thing that can happen. Like I know like it happens a lot. Like there's F1 drivers that are friendly, but you know, they, you know, compete with each other, uh, each other and stuff happens that uh, happens at NASCAR and whatever, like that can be a thing. So but to, yeah, of, just make them almost like enemies uh, fictionally is. Look it up. makes it more insane to me that Nikki worked so hard to get back in the car so soon, because I'm like, if you didn't hate the guy, your motivation was just winning. Like, you hated losing that bad that you went through all of that? What the fuck? I'm a Jordan. Oof. All right, let me find it here. Yeah, there are people that have that weird, just competitive thing. But yeah, right. if, they, if they're friendly, then yeah, I, I don't quite get it either. But So according cool. to Wikipedia, which is never wrong. Never, <laughs> ever. Some things in this film are exaggerated, like the Hunt Lotta rivalry. In reality, they showed a flat early in their careers and were good friends. Others downplayed like Lada's shock of his disfigurement. And others were invented like Hunt being the reporter up. I don't give a shit. Also, where he died was not called the graveyard. He got burned up. It was called the green hell. So. Also, also, I I don't know. Obviously, we weren't around, but. They could two things could be true. Like when they started in because they jumped through the F1, F or the F3, F2 kind of quickly. They could have been like fairly, they could have like been competitive friends, like F3 to F2, and then like kind of got a little more separated later. And I don't know that, but I could see that happening. I think that that happens now too. Like a lot of these guys come up through carts. And what they all do the same types of racing for the most part when they come up and get prepped for F1. And that's why a lot of them end up friends, but then they end up in F1 on rival, you know, teams that are fighting each other. And then you're like, oh, they're rivals and they're, they don't like each other. But no, they actually like they spent the last 10 years with each other and probably lived together while they were like being groomed to be an F1 driver. So. I can't wait to the Wikipedia page on why we all hate each other out there. Make you like watch all of the Airbud movies. <laughs> I will. I will happily watch like I don't know the first three or something. Maybe. And... <laughs> don't put that on me. 
What after happened? after that, I mean, there's like 20 of them, Ted. Yeah, there's a lot of them. It's way too many. Sounds like a fucking challenge. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, you have anything in your notebook, Jake? Before we uh, we uh, bow out like Nikki in that final race, like a bum. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't think that's how I would describe that. But I think that would be. I think that would be called like full closing a circle. But Jordan wouldn't have done it. Uh, yeah, Jordan also, Jordan also wouldn't have it. put a helmet on six weeks after having his face burned off. But yeah, uh, burn off. <laughs> so there is there is one note that I think I'll bring up, uh, and I guess it's not. I don't. It's not really fitting that it's at the end, but. We didn't touch on the fact that uh, when they come and get his wife in the hospital, um, he had woken up and started speaking. And the first thing he said was tell the, the priest to fuck off. I'm still alive. <laughs> I had a nice laugh at that. I forgot that quote from the movie. That's, that was a good one. For sure. I had the exact same quote last week when you're like, Ted, why are you still betting games at midnight <laughs> <laughs> in your basement couch? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Jake and then, and then an hour bet. later you were basically asleep on my couch upstairs so oh, oh i was on the upstairs couch when you found me no i didn't find you we just you had come upstairs and basically sat on the couch and decided to go to sleep that's a comfy couch i had to show one in my sports room <laughs> i looked at it it's the same color and everything legit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways <laughs> i'm gonna use that quote fuck you i'm so alive Tell the priest to fuck off. I'm still alive. <laughs> this movie was honestly really well written. Like I thought the opening monologue was so hard. It, like it went so hard. It just what a way to start a movie. It started with that that first quote about how many drivers die in any given year, and then it, it, you know it goes on from there to kind of talk about the sport and how they're all little nuts and all that. And I just I was like, wow, what a the Indian quote is great too. This movie off. The ending quote when he discusses how uh, James died, he's like, he's the only one that I ever truly respected. Really hits hard too, you know. Like that's that's a that's a killer quote. So he had a heart attack at forty five because he never stopped drinking or apparently fucking according to his memoir. <laughs> Cigarettes, whiskey, and fucking. <laughs> If someone was good at math, they could figure out what 5,000 sexual escapades at the age of 45 would be per week. But fuck, that's a lot. That's what he said. Jake's pulling the calculator. Look at that. He's pulling the goddamn calculator right now. I'm just trying, like, did we get a new STD because of James Hunt? (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole strain. (laughs) <laughs> you named it after him. so if you figure from from the time he was 18 to the time he died it would have been 3.6 so three to four a week and racing and training <laughs> yeah i mean take good that as you, i mean that that's a more realistic one than uh good for him and who's the which basketball player is it that claims they have oh, sex like Kermos Jabbar? Is it well, it's, yeah. like, it's like multiple like multiple people a day that he would have had to have sex with? But anyway, 
<laughs> just, I had no comment. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it does like a lot of work. Like, don't you just like want to like watch the baseball game? <laughs> you know, like, the monsters are on. <laughs> can, I just, can I watch this episode of like Bewitched? I'm sorry. <laughs> Ted's oh. just in a laughing fit now. He's. Uh... <laughs> I'm spiraling. All right. <laughs> I did not research anything about this movie going in other than just like what popped up on the summary when I Googled where to watch it. Um, I knew Nicky Lauda was still alive because he's in Drive to Survive. He's dead. Oh, well, he was, I guess. He died in 19. So this is a wiki. Don't look at me. Like, don't get mad at me. This is a wiki. He's in Drive to Survive because he's scarred. Hmm. Drive to Survival, yeah, started before then, so he could have been in. Anyway, I knew he survived. <laughs> he lived, yeah. Yeah, I knew he, he did not die from his injuries, um, but I'd never heard of James Hunt, so I honestly, I was watching that last race just waiting for him to fucking die. Yeah. So, and we'll leave on this. So, Nicole, I know that you recently, like, in last year and a half or so, like, plowed through the MCU movies. Yes. So, when Nikki showed up, were you like, did you pull, like, the Leo, like, mm. meme where you point at him? Like, yes. you know? it, it really threw me off. I couldn't remember what movie I knew him from, but I remembered that he was the villain. So, I was like, I don't like this guy. This is giving me weird vibes. Zemo. It, it was hard to see him as something other than a villain for a little bit. And he had those chompers in. That were like fake teeth. His overbite, yeah. Yeah, so. Prosthetic. (laughs) (laughs) Ted is going to the house party behind him, so. Let's open this door and get real loud in here. (laughs) All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, peace out. Later. (laughs) (laughs)